Dude, I know you can get those type of videos on your phone. Totally. I don't know what I did before this. Yeah, it's better hope your wife never finds out. It's not a big deal. Besides, she's been kind of not fun lately. Look, she's not going to find out. It doesn't matter as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Are you serious? God never said that. Sorry, is this hurting you? <laughs> well, welcome again to Fur Road. So glad that you have joined us here today. For the last two weeks, we've been uh, uh, in a series called God Never Said That, uh, where we're looking at things that people think God said, but he never actually said. And so last week, we looked at the wrong belief that God said, uh, I will never give you more than you can handle. Uh, the truth is that God often allows more than we can handle, but he wants to help us through those difficult times. So next week we're going to look at the idea that it doesn't really matter what you believe, but today we're looking at the idea that it doesn't matter what you do, okay? The, the basic idea is that your actions don't really matter as long as they don't hurt anyone, okay? God never said that, right? Um, in fact, it's a very dangerous lie to believe that. Our actions do matter, and uh, I was just going to share a, a kind of a lighthearted, non-spiritual story to, to start off with that, um, this idea that actions matter. So about two months ago, our refrigerator died at our house, and uh, we, we bought a new refrigerator, and it has been the biggest ordeal of my life, because from the very beginning, the, the water, where you get the water from, has leaked, Okay. And, and so, first of all, they, they delivered the refrigerator, and these two guys came in. Uh, one guy had, had a broken arm, so I don't know why he was a delivery. But they came in, and he, they fell over in the fridge. There was like three or four major dents in the front of the refrigerator. So, so they had to replace two of the three panels, uh, and one of the panels they replaced it was the, uh, the water dispenser. And so I thought, well, maybe when they get the new water dispenser, it won't leak anymore. So it comes, and it looks good, everything, but the water dispenser still leaks. And so I called Lowe's, and, and uh, they said, okay, we'll send somebody out to look at it. So these guys come out, and they were the same guys that deliver it, and they, they said, oh, look, we don't know how to fix these. You need to call Lowe's. Like, well, th uh, who are you? Like, well, we're Lowe's, but we're not the fix. You know. so, so I call them. Uh, they come out. They say, ah, we're just going to give you a new fridge. Replace the whole thing for this one little leak. I'm like, all right, whatever you want to do. So they bring it out. The next one, put it in place. Didn't dent anything that time. Guess what? Still leaks. Ugh! Uh, so um, I call the, the warranty department, and uh, they're, they're going to send somebody out. He comes out to fix it can't fix it so he orders some parts the guts of the fridge with the tubes and where the filter was comes out replaces all that still leaks and so in the process so he's trying to figure out what's going on he talks to samsung um uh, if you love samsung that's great uh, i do not at this point but <laughs> three times like he calls them and they're like you try this try i've done that try this finally they're like 
It's not our fault. It must be the water pressure from the customer. Like, well, we've had refrigerated for eight years, and it's worked fine. It hasn't leaked. And we had somebody test the water pressure level. It's the right thing. So, you know, we tell them all that. The, and finally, this repair company says, well, we don't know what to do. And I'm probably forgetting some steps in here because this has been half my life the last two months. So, <laughs> so they, they say, well, you've got to go directly with Samsung. We can't do anything. So I call Samsung, and it takes several hours and it's very under, hard to understand the person, if you know what I mean. Um, and so finally they say, okay, we'll send somebody out. Well, they tried to call the same <laughs> people who had been out there before, and they're like, no, we're not going out there. We don't know what to do. You need to send somebody else. So they send out another guy, and, and he comes out, and it, it didn't leak. For like 10 minutes he was there. It didn't leak. So... So he leaves, and I come back a couple hours later. There's a puddle there again. And, and so uh, he had already closed the ticket, and they're like, now we can't come back out. You're going to have to start over through Samsung again. So I call Samsung back, and um, finally now what they're saying is we're going to give you store credit at Lowe's, where you bought it from. So... Um, it's just kind of an ongoing thing. I, I think I'm going to probably lose my warranty money uh, that I had spent. So I'm a little frustrated about this. Here's why I tell this story. Actions do matter. At some point, either the engineer engineered this refrigerator wrong and it doesn't work right, or there's a worker that was supposed to put something on tighter or whatever and it doesn't work right. But I don't know what it was, but some reason this refrigerator does not work right. And so... Uh, I'll keep you posted. I, I hope at one day to have a, a working refrigerator. Actions do matter. You know, there there have been a lot of questions over the years. That the Bible talks about the unforgivable sin, the unpardonable sin. And uh, there's a lot of fear from people that, that they were going to commit the unpardonable sin. And, and I'm not going to take time to go into that this morning. But, but I do want to talk about what the unpardonable sin in our country has become, and that is intolerance. Um, our biggest cultural values in, in, in many ways has become tolerance, okay? We need to be tolerant of one another. And we used to use, uh, that word has kind of changed its meaning over the years. Our, our definition has changed. Tolerance used to mean that all people have equal value, okay? And all people are the same. And from a Christian perspective, that's true, Right? God created everyone. Everyone is special in God's eyes. Today, the definition has um, shifted to the point where all ideas and behavior have equal value. So now it has become unacceptable, unacceptable to ever to say, well, this behavior is wrong. If somebody feels like, you know, their action is okay, and then who are we to say any differently? And that's just not a biblical perspective. It really isn't. Uh, we've even sanitized the way we refer to things. Instead of saying, you know, you're looking at pornography, they call it adult entertainment, right? Or uh, instead of s someone committing adultery, we say they, they had an affair, and it doesn't sound quite as bad. We don't call it having premarital sex. We say, that oh, they're messing around or fooling around or hooking up. And Culturally, we're supposed to just kind of, you know, sit back. Oh, you can't judge them. Um, can't say anything. So two things that we need to be careful about as Christians as we increasingly are part of a 
a society that believes it doesn't matter what you do as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. First thing is this, we need to be careful that we don't put ourselves on this kind of judgmental, moral pedestal above other people, right? Okay, if we, if we aren't careful, we begin to have this attitude that, man, I'm better than that person. Look at what they do. And that's not okay either. Uh, we are not better than others. Some people are just kind of deceived in their thinking. And then secondly, because the morals and, and the actions of the culture around us have slipped, we begin to let our own morals and actions slide. We begin to come down to kind of the, the level of those around us or maybe just above the level of those around us. So we need to fight more than ever to stay true to our biblical values in the in in midst of a culture with eroding values. Okay, so let's keep those two things in mind as we begin. So today we're going to talk about the, the fact that actions do matter. Um, and, and sin has both earthly consequences and uh, potential eternal consequences without Jesus. Um, but there's some cultural misbeliefs about our actions and about sin, so we're going to look at a few of those. They're on your bulletin if you want to follow along. Cultural misbeliefs about sin. First of all, many people believe, you know, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. Here, here's a common perception. For, for the most part, I do good things. I, I make some mistakes, but overall, I'm a pretty good person. My good definitely outweighs my bad. I, I try to help other people when I can. And I look at so many other people who do really bad stuff, and, and uh, I'm nothing like them. So I'm really not that bad of a person. Overall, I'm good. It's almost like there's you know this big scale that you weigh good and bad, and as long as the good is... is is winning, right? Yeah, it'd be this way. Um, then, then I'm okay. But here's what the Bible says about sin. First John one eight. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Okay. So if we're if we're claiming to not to be a bad person, then we're saying, well, that you know, the good I do cancels out the bad that I do. Uh, there was a guy named Ray Comfort who used the, the following example. How many of you, uh, by a show of hands, have ever lied in your life? Raise your hand. Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied. But uh, raise your hand if you've ever stolen something. This probably isn't everybody. If you've ever stolen something. To my knowledge, I've stolen two things in my life. I ate a couple grapes at the grocery store when I was like four years old when I was with my mom, and the, the produce guy caught me, so I got in trouble for eating grapes. Um, the other thing I did, uh, when I was in kindergarten, I stole a matchbox car from my classroom, and I never took it back, so I still kind of feel guilty about that one. <laughs> I don't, um, but those are the two things that I can remember that I've stolen. I'm going to ask you one more thing. I won't make you raise your hand on this one because it could get a little awkward. How many of you ever looked lustfully at another person? And that's, that one's a little tougher to admit in public. But So here's the deal. If you've ever told a lie, you're a liar. If you've ever stolen anything, you're a thief. If you've ever looked lustfully at someone, Jesus actually said you've committed adultery in your heart, so you're an adulterer. So many of us here are liars, thieves, and adulterers. Welcome to Fur Road Christian Church where we're here to make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> Seriously, the, the Bible is very clear that all of us are sinners. Okay, Romans 3.10 says there's no one righteous, not even one. 
And then that passage goes on to talk about how everyone has turned away from God. And, and then moving down in that chapter, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the truth is that we are all bad people, okay, without Jesus, every, every one of us. And, and, and that's where Jesus comes in. And, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. But all of us are bad. And then there's the belief that all sin is the same. And this is probably more of a belief in the church than out in our culture. Now stay with me on this. This is kind of a controversial thing, and some of you are going to immediately start get defensive and, and want to throw things at me. But, but hear me out. It is true that all sin separates us from God. Okay, so eternally all sin causes us to be lost. Sin, so in that respect, sin is sin. Okay, the eternal consequence of any sin is death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Okay, all sin leads to death. It doesn't matter if an arrow misses its target by a little bit or by a lot, it still misses its target. However, here's the difference. Not all sin has the same earthly consequences. Not all sin is created equal. Okay, going five miles over the speed limit technically breaks the law, right? Uh, most of us do that. Most of us do more than that. Um, but let's say you drive 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. You get a ticket. That's breaking the law. That would be a sin. But the consequences are smaller for speeding than if we drove drunk and caused an accident that killed somebody. If our youth minister, Jordan, goes home today and eats way more than he should, he just stuffs himself because he just is so good. Um, the Bible calls that gluttony. Okay, that's a sin. He's probably still going to be our youth minister tomorrow, uh, even if he does that. Now, if he's trying to be cool and he smokes weed with a group of teenagers, he's not going to be our youth minister anymore, right? <laughs> He'll have to go to his home state, Colorado, and he's probably get away with it there. <laughs> but not here in Missouri, okay? So just keep that in mind, Jordan. I made a realization this summer when I was helping out at 5th and 6th grade church camp Here's what I realized. Dodgeball brings about the very worst in people, okay? It turns everybody into cheaters. <laughs> and, and so they're, they're tempted to cheat by saying that the ball didn't hit them. And we had most of the lights off, and so you couldn't tell for sure a lot of times. Um, but I saw over and over kids would get hit and not go out. Um, but it wasn't just kids. I saw adults get hit too. And, and so they were also tempted to cheat and uh, there were a couple times I was tempted the ball brushed just barely brushed my leg and for a split second it's like oh nobody know but then I thought damn this is a dodgeball this is stupid so I, I I was able to to resist that um but a lot of them didn't but if a kid was caught cheating in dodgeball we didn't kick them out of camp uh if a kid had been caught stealing other kids canteen money he probably would have had to go home Okay, that, that would have been a bigger infraction. They're both sin, different consequences. Here's why it's important to make this distinction. If we have the mindset that all sin is exactly the same, then there's kind of this slippery slope that tends to happen. When every sin is seen as the same, we're, le we're less likely to fight any sins at all. Why should I stop sleeping with my girlfriend when there will still be lust in my heart if I stop? Why pursue holiness when even one sin in my life means I'm the same as Hitler in God's eyes? It seems kind of humble um, 
to act as if no sin is worse than another. But what happens is we begin to lose the incentive for striving to be more like Christ. We, we kind of lose the ability to, to hold each other accountable, and, and we kind of go down this slip and slide of moral equivalence. Jesus himself differentiates between sins. Listen to Luke twenty forty five through 47. While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the place of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses for a show make, and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished more severely. Okay, they will be punished more severely. That sounds like different consequences for different sins, doesn't it? When Jesus was about to be crucified, he was talking to Pilate, and Pilate had the, the power to release him if he chose to do so. Listen in John nineteen ten and 11. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Greater sin. Greater sin. There it is. The greater sin. Um, how could there be a greater sin if all sin is exactly the same? Now, once again, uh, all sin separates us from God, right? Okay, but, but not all sin is exactly the same for the consequences. Let's look at what Paul says about sexual sin. 1 Corinthians 6.18 Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Okay, he says to, to run from sexual sin. He says no other sin is so clearly affects the body as sexual sin does. See, the, the results or consequences are different. And then there's a cultural belief that since I've already done it, I, I might as well keep doing it. For the young person who, who's compromised themselves sexually, they might say, you know, I've already messed up. It's too late now. Uh, I might as well just keep compromising. Somebody says, you know, I've already cheated on my taxes. It, it, I didn't get caught. I've crossed that line. It's not that big a deal. Uh, I'll just keep doing it. Or, or I've already gotten involved in pornography. It's not that big a deal. I might as well keep doing it. God can forgive me. Or that, that flirting at work with my coworker. It's not hurting anybody. It, it won't lead to anything, I'm, I'm sure of it. But Paul actually addresses this mindset in the book of Romans. And Romans was written to a, a primarily Christian audience. And, and he asked a question that I, I think is a, was a sarcastic question to, to make a point. The early Christians, they understood that they were saved by grace. It wasn't by anything they did. It, it was what God did. And so taken to its extreme... And we still do this too. They said, well, I'm saved by grace, so I can just do whatever I want. In fact, more sin equals more grace. I mean, it's great. And this kind of goes along with our overall topic today. It doesn't matter what I do. But Paul comes along in Romans 6 and says, guys, that's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> that, that is not right, okay? And so in verse 1 and 2, he says, what should we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Like he's saying, guys, just stop it. Okay, you're better than that. Jesus died for those sins, and, and, and now you, your sin nature no longer has control of you. You now have the, the power of Christ living in you through the Holy Spirit. 
Move down to verse 6 and 7. It says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Why would you continue to go back to the same things that you know hurt the heart of God? So quit trying to justify sin. You're free from it now. That's what Paul's saying. And most people today, you wouldn't actually say that I'm trying to take advantage of God's grace, but we wouldn't say those words. But by our actions, sometimes we do that. We keep doing the same things. Okay. The, the danger in all this is that we kind of turn this Christian thing into following a set of rules. Okay, it becomes a, an exercise in just trying not to sin. And that didn't really work so well for the Jewish people and, and especially the, the, the Jewish leaders. And, and to be honest, it doesn't work well today either. You know, the Jewish leaders, they became so determined to follow these rules and they made extra rules surrounding the rules to make sure that they wouldn't break these rules. And then there's these kind of layers of rules. And in the midst of all these rules, they forgot about God. Oh, yeah, that's why we're doing this. You know, I bring up the, the pendulum thing often, but you know, we don't want to swing so far over to the law side that, that Christianity is just about following rules. And we don't want to swing over to the grace side um, that, you know, to say that, you know, I can just do whatever I want to do because God will forgive me. Our goal is to pursue holiness. Okay, to pursue God, not just to be good, not just to not sin, okay, but to continue to grow closer to Jesus and, and to live for Jesus. And, and, and sin keeps us from doing that. It blocks us. It's a barrier. And don't you want to remove any barriers that are going to keep you from growing, growing closer to Jesus? Last week we talked about the, the misuse of 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. Let me read that again. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, He will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Okay, people have used this verse to say God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about temptation, which is dealing with sin. Okay? What it is saying is that God wants to help you overcome your sin. He will give you a way out. He will help you. But guys, you have to realize that sin is ugly. Okay, we, we have to understand that sin does affect things. Sin does not happen in a vacuum. It affects our minds. It affects those around us. Our actions do matter. Earlier I read the, the first part of Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Okay, that, that's the harsh part. Okay, that... That's the, the slap in the face reality of sin right there. But I, I want to read the rest of the verse now. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, that is incredible news. I hope we, we don't ever take that for granted. Sin is terrible. It separates us from God. The wages or what we have earned because of sin are death. But God had a plan. 
And that plan involved Jesus emptying himself and, and coming to this world and, and, and taking our terrible sins upon himself at the cross. And then Jesus had victory over death so that we too could be victorious over death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's the best gift by far that we could ever receive. The offer of the gift is there, but you have to say, yes, I, I accept that gift. And if you've never said yes to that gift, we'd love to talk to you. We have our next steps room available after the service that we'd love to talk to you about your next steps of faith or talk to me or talk to someone about where you're at because you need to be sure it's so important. Our actions do matter.